Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. It's Tuesday, it's Kayfabe Tuesday, and back in the saddle after a week off is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd alongside David Ungar for Hockey Talk here on ChairShot Radio, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to... TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. That's right, Christopher Platt reminding you all... To always use your head. Dave, I'm sorry that I could not make time for Chair Shot Radio last week. Despite your best efforts, you tried really hard to, to get me on board. But Ray Cash, uh, stepping up, pinch hitting, admirable work. I appreciate that he podcasts every single day on the Chair Shot Radio Network at this point. Yes. Yeah, Ray, I thought for somebody who doesn't watch hockey, Ray did really well. Yeah. He did. He had some good he, questions. He, he had some good insight. Up on some names. He he at least knew who Jack Eichel was. That was good. He knew who Conor McDavid was, and that's good. Um, Alex still Ovechkin, the, you kind of have to know who went, right? Yeah, every, everybody knows Ovi. And we're we're gonna talk about Ovi later today. I almost bandwagon nerd did, if that can be considered a a a, a verb, this show. Because I almost sent you a rundown. <laughs> because you know we're we're at that point now in the league where things are happening I, I have really just one overarching question that i have about sort of where teams are in the standings both of us are probably feeling pretty good about our teams right now and and we're kind of trucking along the good teams seem to be good i've got one question that i want us to talk about in terms of just how teams are playing in the standings uh and then i had three articles and they're straight off of nhl.com but headlines from this past week as we record here on the 13th this will this will drop on the 16th if my math is correct uh of just some things that happened in the league one of them being your boy alex ovechkin and his big week that was i want to talk about the blackhawks because they had a coaching coaching change and now they can't lose and that's pretty impressive and then um i wanted to talk about the hall of fame because uh as we're recording here on the 13th the 12th yesterday when we're uh the day before we recorded the 2020 uh class finally was inducted had their induction ceremony so 18 months after the vote had come in and i thought we could take a look at that class and just kind of comment on the class because there's some names and it always blows my mind when i look at the hall of fame classes that um in, in any sport 
Because you think like you you have to be out of the sport for X number of years, and it always feels like it's it's so far away. And maybe now it's just because I'm you know in my forties, but it's like oh wow they're in the Hall of Fame already. Like has it been has it been that fast? Like even when Jeter got put into the Hall of Fame in baseball, it's like has it really is it really time for Jeter to to get into the Hall? But yep. It, it sure is. So we're going to talk about that. I thought that'd be a nice, I, I hope that's okay with you that I'm, I'm taking liberties with the agenda today. Um, but it, it just thought it'd be a fun little departure of the week, of the week that was in the, in the national hockey league. And, and you get to, you get to wax poetic about your boy, Alex Ovechkin. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Anytime I can talk about Ovi in the, in the positive light, uh, is a good time. And yeah, I think, uh, our, our teams are, um, looking pretty good. We're a month That's in. That's right. All right. Now. So hey, we are a month in. And so we're going to take our first commercial break. I'm going to risk some copyright infringement in the meantime. And we will be back in a couple of minutes. You are listening to Hockey Talk on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, there you so, go. Let's avoid the cease and desist letter. Uh, whatever, we do not own the rights to this music. It's fine. We understand. And I, I just, I can't quit that that tune. I just can't. I can't quit it. And so, I, and it, honestly, as we go insider baseball talking about this, Greg thinks he figured out what what was the culprit. And if so, if you listen to, yeah, we can uh, we can talk about it off air. But if you listen to uh, this week's edition of Chair Shot Radio, or not Chair Shot Radio, uh, the Greg DeMarco Show. I think we actually talk about it on air during the show when he makes fun of bandwagon nerds getting in trouble. So anyway, <laughs> you know, the hockey, you, you mentioned it before. We are a week or a month, a week into the season. We are a month into the season. Things are really rolling along. The The divisions are starting to shape up. My St. Louis Blues leading the Central in, in points, not in wins and losses. They're, I, well, they're ahead in the loss column because they only got two losses so far. 
Uh, but they're a win behind. Uh, I can't remember who is Minnesota. in the front of us, but Minnesota you're, you're in a virtual tie with Minnesota right now. Right, but we got a big game uh, today. I do believe because we're heading to Carolina, uh, and my my pick and your picks both looking very very strong in terms of, of Carolina and Florida. But and Washington, like I said, you guys are looking good. Uh, so kind of you know with everything kind of playing out. I, I really just wanted to take some time and have you answer one question for me based on two teams that aren't doing so good. Um, and so it's going to be a two-part question for you to analyze because once you get a month into the season, you start to see teams are who you think they are, right? Now, Vegas has made a big pickup for a late edition with Eichel, who apparently his surgery went well without complications that's the that's the rumor and he is apparently going to be on track to come in towards the end of the season it could be a boost to vegas there so i'm i'm actually i thought about putting them in this question but i cut it out uh but i did want to ask you because two teams i was high on have really been struggling and i want to know your opinion on two things what the hell is wrong with the colorado avalanche and the boston bruins and can they pull the nose up? I would uh, pick. Let you know, me want to start with first, well, and let's Colorado's break it. Colorado's the easy one, and I would say shout out to Linda Cohn from ESPN. They've got her podcast inside the crease or beyond the crease or something like that. She got asked the same question about the Avalanche, and I think she's probably spot on on this one. Colorado is missing Nathan McKinnon, and he's gone for a couple months, and, and they're feeling it, and they are feeling it big time. And, and I think that. He's the captain. I'm pretty sure he's the captain of the Avalanche. And so when you lose your captain, who also happens to be your best offensive player, you know, he's not. I, I mean, you know, there's Connor McDavid. There's Dreisaitl. You know, that tandem is ridiculous right now. And then you've got guys who are maybe just a little bit below that. And I put McKinnon there. So I think Colorado's biggest problem, it, that's one of the problems, is Nathan McKinnon. Their defense, which I think I even said at the beginning of the year, was a question mark in my mind that I don't know. Well, they're a scoring defense. Huh? They're, they're, they're a scoring defense. Yeah, and they're not a defending defense. And, and you know, unless and, – and Kemper, I think, is the goalie. I, I think we probably under undersold or, or didn't really give enough credence to the fact that Grubauer left Colorado. Because Grubauer was a huge piece right. of Colorado's – run last year now he's not lighting it up but he's in seattle and seattle's got their own issues but uh, i think you know you look at mckinnon not being there you look at a, a degradation in goaltending and i know early in the in the year people were saying oh kemper's going to be an upgrade no he's not he hasn't been yet and their defense has been less than stalwart you combine all that and and you look at where they're sitting right now and it's like well yeah i mean they're they're if they get mckinnon back they can still make a run but that's to me What's going on with Colorado? Boston's a lot harder. Um, you know, that just they're a mess. They are. I mean, and they're what are they? They're still over five hundred, six five and zero. Yeah, but it's like, and maybe that's the thing is I thought that I guess I thought they'd be better than a middling team, and it's it seems like, and maybe that maybe that's just what they are. They're a team that's going to beat the lower tier and lose to the upper tier, like because they got. Like I'm trying to remember who they they just lost to someone a couple of days ago, and it was like they didn't even look like they belonged on the ice with them. Yeah, they and uh, those to me they those seem, are the games. 
they seem like you know they're an older team. They're kind of like the Caps, but see, like the Caps have gotten this inject this kind of youth injection from a couple of players that have taken advantage of some injuries and really stepped up. Connor McMichael, notably, uh, but Boston, they they don't see them like who was it? The um one of their best players hadn't scored a goal until the other day, like Bergeron. I think Patrice Bergeron yeah. hadn't scored until just recently. I mean, and when you've got one of your best players not scoring. You know, that's going to be a problem. They are in a very difficult division. Not that they weren't oh, last year. It was Edmonton. Edmonton just like it, the final score was five to three, but it wasn't that close. Right. Like it just like, they, they didn't look like they belonged. Right. It was like garbage time stuff. So and I, I, I don't I mean, yeah, Boston, I, I wouldn't close the book on them, but I wasn't real high on them. You weren't high on them. I was higher on them than you. I thought that even with all the departures and even with all the loss, that they still had Bergeron and they still had Brad Marchand and that that would be enough. So I got and, and Tuco was going to be fine and it hasn't paid off at all. No, it hasn't. But I got a question for you. Nope. No, go ahead. <laughs> a month into the season, the Detroit Red Wings are still in third place in the Atlantic Division. Seven, six, and two. Yes, they dropped a couple. Of, they dropped to the game to the Caps the other night, uh, but they they look actually fairly competitive. I'd say I don't know if I would say they're for real. You know, Buffalo. We were talking about them a couple weeks ago. They kind of stepped back a little bit, but um, yeah. I mean, when you look at that, we're talking about the Atlantic Division, which is extraordinarily hard. Yeah, Detroit right. in third place. You, you, what's your feel on those guys? Uh, you ever you ever go out to the club? Actually, at your age, you probably don't go out to a club anymore. Um, but you've been out you've been out in the world and you see this dude who's just kind of uh, for lack of a better less than attractive. And on his arm is like this unbelievably gorgeous woman, and you're like, man, that dude outkicked his coverage. Detroit's out kicking their coverage right now. I think they're gonna fall back to her. They just that I don't I, I don't know what's inspired them to play so well. Um, clearly they are playing well. And again, I, yeah, I think it's funny that I'm saying, no, I don't believe in them after I just said, well, a month into the season, you know, most team, you know, teams are who we think they are. I don't think Detroit is who, yeah, except for Detroit, like fuck Detroit. Um, maybe you shouldn't throw octopi on the, on the ice. It's really gross and messy. And I don't understand why you do it. Uh, like you have to carry a dead octopus with you into an arena on a daily basis to like, like why do you, would you do that? And that's our, there's a whole market out there. There's starving people in Africa that could eat those octopus anyway. Um, so no, I, I guess I'm not buying it. I think that there's, I, I think the reality of the Atlantic division will, will come back. I think that, um, yeah, I, yeah, I just think they're out kicking their coverage and, and I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a sustained season for them. I think that eventually, Things are going to even out. Uh, the um, other surprises, LA Kings continue to kind of be relevant, which is a little bit of a surprise. They're 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 doing well. And the Islanders continue to struggle, but yeah, the Islanders' offense is not good. I, and I and and I think in our preview, I said the Islanders are a better. They're not built for the regular season. They are built for the postseason. And I think you're seeing that early on, and they're going to have to turn it on at some Figure point. It out. You're not going to make the postseason yeah, exactly. to be before. So I, uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah. Anyway, do you think of the two teams that I named, Boston or Colorado, which one 
finds its way into the playoff. Which one is more likely to find its way into the playoffs? Come season six, Colorado for sure. I think you get McKinnon yep. back. That offense will pick up. Um, they're the division that they're in, which is what they're in the central, I guess. Um, which is a good division. I think they can make some headway there. Boston's going to get, you know, Boston's not going to get some influx of somebody coming back. That's going to turn the tables. And then you look at who, what, you know, who they've got to get by, you know, Tampa Bay's on the outside looking in, but just barely that's going to change. Uh, Florida, very good. Toronto looks very strong. You know, your other favorite team, um, you know, maybe they get by Buffalo. Maybe they catch Detroit. Maybe they slip into the wild card. But I think, yeah, if you look at those two teams as to which one is more likely to make a move, provide, I mean, if McKinnon's lost for the year for some reason or the injury is worse than we think, then, yeah, I'd probably say Boston because I don't think Colorado is, can can be as competitive as they need to be in that division without him. But all things considered equal, if you get Nathan McKinnon back, I, I think Colorado turns this around and and solves a lot of their problems and gets their offense right. They got to get their defense right, and, and that's that's going to be a big issue for them. But I like Colorado more than Boston at this point in time. You know, I got no love for the Bruins. That's fair. All right. Well, there you have it, everyone. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some headlines from this past week in the NHL. Uh, and Dave will get to spend some time gushing over his boy, Alex Ovechkin. He loves Ovi almost as much as he loves Henry Cavill. You are listening to Hockey Talk on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone. To wrap up this week's edition of Hockey Talk, I thought we'd take a look at three stories. I'm going to let we're going to save Dave's moment for last. Cause let's be honest, everyone. We know Dave's going to want to really talk up his boy, Alex Ovechkin. Let's start though, over uh, in the central division with the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that has been in some serious turmoil. We talked all about the controversy uh, from a few years back, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, there was some more stuff that came out of that last week, but one of the other big pieces of news, the Blackhawks were off to an abysmal start and were not going anywhere fast. So they, they fired their head coach uh, and – suddenly are on a three-game winning streak. So Dave Derek King is the is the interim head coach who's actually you know he's he's playing you know he's he's coaching for a job. This is you, this is what happened with Craig Berube in St. Louis by the way. I was about to talk, say you know a little something coach. about interim coaches catching fire. You're right. We 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 fired our we fired our coach and our interim coach took us to a Stanley Cup championship. So Derek King seems to be onto something. He's uh, there was a there's a very nice uh, write up after the first win, thirty hours into thirty hours into his uh, into his tenure, where the Predators beat or the Predators lost to the Blackhawks two to one in overtime. Derek King's the new head coach, and they're talking about 
the the approach seems to be to just play loose play what does it say playing free is the description that was led there what do you think uh, about the early returns on interim head coach Derek King and what he could do for this team this Blackhawk team that we said was talented and would be dangerous this season uh, and maybe it was just the leadership. Maybe it wasn't the the controversy surrounding everything. Maybe it was just who was at the helm. Well, I mean, I think any sort of change at that point in time where they were with everything that was swirling about them was a good thing. You needed to do something to change the culture there or just change, like you're saying, just change the mindset. And so like, let's get rid of this coach. Let's bring in there this other guy. Uh, he, he, like you're saying, he's trying to focus on a little bit of a looser style, but at the same time, they've tightened up their defense quite a bit and are not giving up four five, six goals a game. I'm not even sure flurries in goal anymore. I think they've got somebody else who's been, um, playing in goal. So I, you know, Chicago's got too much talent to be languishing as badly as they were. And I understand, you know, it's, it's the hockey equivalent of a team having PTSD when you see everything that they went through. Um, but you know, at, at the same time, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good squad. You look at, despite their horrible, <laughs> horrible start, they're what one point behind Colorado, a team we're talking about. So um, right. it's going to be hard for them to get back into things. You know, they're like seven points out of a wild card, but it is a month in, but it's still early. So, and like, I, I mean, the, the biggest example of the interim coach is I look at the St. Louis blues from 2019 and that's all the proof you need as to just what an interim coach, just a slight change in philosophy can do for your team. And let's be honest, Chicago's doing it a lot earlier in the year than the blues did. So it's gotta be a good thing. Yeah. I mean, the blue, I mean, the blues hung on to their coach way longer than you would expect. Cause this always happens in the NHL every year in the NHL, one underperforming team fires their coach a month into the season. I do believe, was it, um, who was it? Was it Buffalo that did it last year? Montreal. No, it wasn't Buffalo. Montreal. Did Montreal. It and look where they ended yeah. up. And yeah. And they, and, and every year, that was the other thing I was going to say. That's kind of funny is it's, it's amazing that, that, that firing almost inevitable. And there's something to the, the theory of like the new coach surge, right? Like you fire a coach in the middle of the season and then the team responds. And definitely that's what's happening in Chicago here. It happened in Montreal. It clearly happened with the blues. Now, a couple of other things happened with the blues and maybe that's the other thing that you're, you were talking about, you know, flurry, not, not being in between the pipes anymore in St. Louis. That was the other thing that happens is the emergence of Jordan Bennington, like Jordan Bennington took over the starting job and he never gave it up because of how good he was playing. And so there's, yeah, that, that it's just crazy. I, I'm not a Blackhawks guy, but I'm happy for the Blackhawks because as a Blues fan, it's always nice when that game can matter. Uh, it's it's like any other sort of rivalry, and it, it's not the same sort of rivalry as a Cardinals-Cubs sort of rivalry. And, you know, if I were to look at the teams that I grew up disliking the most as a Blues fan, the Detroit Red Wings, when they were in the same division, Oh God, they took all our good players, Brett Hall, Brendan Shanahan, and then they won cups with them. Fuckers. I'm sure you um, have the a Dallas special place in your heart for Steve Eiserman, right? Don't even talk to me about Steve Eiserman. I don't want to talk about Steve Eiserman. Fuck that guy. Anyway, lot, there's history there, but no. it's, it's just, it, it is nice to see and to, and to see something that could be a, a real rival uh, for the blues to play and have games that matter is always very, very exciting. And, and for the last few 
decades, it's been one team's been really good and the other team's been not so good. Uh, and then they flipped. So like when the Blackhawks were great, the, the Blues were awful. When the Blues were great, the Blackhawks are awful. So hopefully it's uh, some good uh, real games there and more to come for the Chicago Blackhawks. The other feel-good story that I wanted to talk about today, though, uh, again, happened yesterday that the NHL Hall of Fame class from 2020 was inducted. Finally, they had their induction ceremony, and that class included Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, Jerome Aginla, Marion Hosa, Kim St. Pierre, and Ken Holland being honored this this past weekend. Uh, They were elected 18 months ago, but of course, because of COVID-19, the ceremonies last November were postponed. And and so they they got to have their ceremony yesterday. And as I was talking about during the show open, I feel like Marion Hosa was like playing two days ago. Like I say, Jerome again, he was playing two days ago, wasn't he? Again, here's my thing about Jerome again. I remember him from NHL 98 and I can't remember because he was one of those, he was one of those players that, because that was back in the day when you could do a franchise mode, but it didn't have any like trade restrictions. So like you could just make super teams, and he was always one I'd look at, and be like, ah, do I want him, or no, I don't want him. But you know, Hall of Famer, and so it's just, you know, Kevin Lowe was a member of those Oilers teams back in the day, like from the, in the eighties, and was huge with them. But you know, with Gretzky and Messier and Coffee, all those guys. So Grant Fuhrer, uh, great goalie until he. You know, became the goalie for the Blues, and he was just an okay goalie. But all Hall of Fame guys, so it doesn't surprise me that you know he he became part of it. But thoughts on this class and just it, how nice is it to have this stuff happening, like and just getting it done. First off, uh, Pat, you need to play some modern hockey games. They've got a franchise mode. You just turn the salary cap off and off to the races you go, my friend. So, but I, but I like the challenge of managing salary caps. Yeah. Like I do actually, I, it's silly. Like I love that shit though. I just kind of self-restrict I, myself on certain things, but it's all right. But see, the, the good thing is you can't just, a lot of the games like NBA 2K, you can force a trade, but hockey won't let you force the computer to accept your bullshit. So it's all right. But, uh, you know, as far as the class goes, yeah, Jerome McGinley is one of those guys who, I mean, I remember distinctly just, he was one of those in, in real hockey, you know, real life, one of those one man wrecking crews, especially when he was in, with Calgary. Um, Hosa was dominant. Yeah. Kevin Lowe, that, those Edmonton teams just had a plethora of Hall of Famers. Um, I think the one that stand, you know, Kim St. Pierre is like the eighth woman inducted into the NHL yep. Hall of Fame. So that's that's really cool to see because women's hockey doesn't get enough love in the mainstream media. And, and you know, like our women's hockey team is. You know, talk about the rivalry. The U.S. and Canada in the Olympics with the women's hockey team is one of the most fierce rivalries in all of hockey. So I thought that was that was great that she got in, and and it's fantastic that yeah, after twenty months, I mean, you saw it like it back at WrestleMania where the Hall of Fame class got inducted all those years or all those months right. later. Um, so yeah, it's it's great that they got in there that that we got them inducted that things have kind of got to the point where it's like okay let's let's do this but the class is solid I, I mean it's a solid class when you got guys like Aginla and Hosa and Lowe who are the ones that stand out to me I'm not as familiar 
with the other guys. And and Kim St. Pierre, honestly, I had to read about because I'm not that familiar. But you're abducting I, a, a woman. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, and I, any any woman who idolized Patrick Waugh, one of the one of the great goalies yeah. of all time, like do I, that Colorado Avalanche team that he played for with Sack or with um yeah Sack and, and Forsberg. For, Peter Forsberg was my hero. Adam Foote was on that team for a while. Uh, just a great, great team. Uh, anyway, all right. I guess it's time. This past week. That, uh, gosh, what was it? A couple of days ago yesterday. from when we're recording this well, yesterday. He, okay, go ahead. 10, 19, 10, 19 into the first period, young Alex Ovechkin <laughs> scored a goal to tie a game one to one. It was his 12th goal of the season. He did it against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it pushed him to sole possession of fourth on the all-time NHL goals list, passing my boy, drunk Uncle Brett Hall, with 742. Dave, the floor is yours to talk about Ovi. I I mean, I talked to Ray about it, you know, with last week. I think we were on the night that he tied. He scored to tie Brett Hall for fourth place. And then here we are right. a few days later, and he breaks, you know, through. So he's... um Number four, all alone. Uh, next up, Yarmir Yager at seven sixty six. Um, Ovi would need to score. He's on a torrid. He's on a torrid pace this if season he, right now. Twelve goals already. Yeah, I mean, if he catches Yar, he would have to score fifty goals this year to pass Yager. That's possible. You look at what he's doing right now. At, at the pace he is scoring right now, yes, and, and absolutely. You, and you think about, they still don't have Nicholas Backstrom, who's their best setup guy. And, and, you know, and Ovi's doing, and he's scoring, I think I told Ray, he's scoring goals a little bit differently this year. They're not all from Ovi's office. Um, he's, he's, he seems to be hovering around the front of the net, getting deflections, doing a few things that aren't very Ovi-like. And, and, you know, when you start to get older, like he is, you got to start looking for more of those dirty goals and those, and those deflections and, and redirects and things like that. He's doing really well. I mean, the guy, I watch him play. Yeah, he's not going to skate away from these young defenders anymore like he was in his rookie year where it's like, good luck keeping up with this kid. Um, Now he just like a lot like he's very Tom Brady-ish, plays smarter, looks for different opportunities. He's the crafty veteran. He, exactly. He's the crafty He has evolved. You know, I mean, I, I still remember the guy who scored lying on his back against Arizona that game. Um, He's not that player anymore, but he doesn't have to be. And And I think, you know, when you look at everything that he's doing, and with that team around him that that you know they I'll be straight with you the caps are better than I thought they'd be I, I did not see them doing what they're doing and I thought they would be middle of the pack they are better than that um and and yep. you know you got <laughs> they start this goalie the other night it's the first time a caps goalie in his debut ever shut out anybody and shut out the Detroit Red Wings who were a good team so yeah I think for me, as far as what I'm looking for, I, I I'm really curious if Ovi can get the 50 this year, which be, would be astronomically unexpected. Pass Yager, then you go in there and you're looking at who, what, uh, How and Gretzky are the only ones in front of him, right? If he passes Yager, well, yeah, because Yager's three, and you know if he gets to that point with four years left on his contract, 
you might have to start thinking the, that this impossibility could actually happen. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't know that there's, is there such thing as an impossible record batting average in baseball? That's, that's the one. Yeah. 400 like, no, or it, nobody's going to hit 400 ever again. DiMaggio's streak seems impossible. The hitting streak. Yeah. Especially with shifts these days. Um, like Tony Gwynn came close a couple times. Wade Boggs came close a couple times. But it, you know, like out of the recent era of baseball, like there's not a lot of folks that have gotten past, you know, 30 games, uh, let alone 56. Maybe Ripken's so, Iron Man streak. That's going to be awfully hard. Though. Well, yeah, and again, that's yes and no because the season. I don't know. It just depends. Like you get you get a youngster up there. Injuries are such a, a tough thing. But yeah, I. But a lot of people have long thought that Gretzky's goal record was one that couldn't be touched. And, and again, we talked about this earlier in the year. Gretzky's all for it. So um, and is just one of the things that I've always been impressed with with Hall of Fame level players or all time greats, whether it's you know, an all-timer of all-timer like a Wayne Gretzky or in the example that I used when we last talked about that, the University of Illinois, Deion Thomas, who had the, the freshman record for scoring points in a game until Georgie Bishanishvili, of all people, broke it. And he was the first to congratulate him and say that, you know, records are always meant to be broken and, and to be congratulated and celebrated. And so if Ovechkin does this, which he might, uh, and there's there's a real possibility, especially if he stays on this pace and he doesn't get hurt. He got to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, maybe we're we're doing an episode of Hockey Talk where we're just dedicating the entire episode to Alex Ovechkin because he, you know, rewrote the record books, and that would be exciting for you and kind of nice for me. Yeah, and I want to clarify: he doesn't need to score 50 to pass Yager. He needs to score 37 goals this season. To pass Yager, he's at what twelve now? He's at twelve. He needs twenty six or twenty six goals. I think that's in the bag. So he's going to get forty we, at least this year. We could be talking about Ovi again in a future episode. This year, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, Dave, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Chair Shot Radio Hockey Talk Edition. Tell everybody where to find you out there in the nerdosphere, in the interwebs. I went bandwagon nerds there for a second mental flub i gotta I, speaking of rundowns i got one to write for you uh which is basically just gonna say disney plus day <laughs> it'll be like and the bullet and bullet point a will be go yeah it'll be like the dwi sheet last night on air on dwi 299 we actually invoked you a little bit and i said i said you patrick has spoiled you guys with his rundowns i mean tunny's got three lines written <laughs> on a notebook you know and that's 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 their that's the extent of their rundown so uh, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Very nice. You should see a DeMarco show rundown where Greg scripts out his introduction uh, because that's how he, he, he likes well, it. WrestleMania 3 or something? Is that what he is? He, he's, he very much uh, he likes it because he wants to have a strong delivery. Like he, he just wants it to sound good. And I respect him for that. I I'm going to make you guys do your homework. That's all I'm going to ask. So, and literally this week's homework is go to Disney plus 
and watch all the Disney Plus Day shit that came out. So you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You have heard about the other two shows that I do, Mondays with Bandwagon Nerds, Wednesdays with Greg DeMarco on The Greg DeMarco Show. And then, of course, here on Tuesday, Dave and I talk in hockey until the end of the season, and then we're going to talk some music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's going to do it for us. Until next week, you have been listening to Hockey Talk on ChairShot Radio, part of the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.